Welcome to the Created to Flourish podcast, where we'll explore the believer's call to respond to great global need. In each episode, we'll be reading a chapter from a book called Created to Flourish, co-authored by Peter Greer and Phil Smith, and we'll examine how employment-based solutions empower families to use their God-given abilities to serve their communities. I'm your host, Hannah Ruth, Hope International's Regional Representative in Minnesota. In this episode, we'll get practical and talk about how you and your church can get involved with microfinance. If you're just joining the podcast, we'd recommend going back and starting from episode one and listening to the episodes in order. Let's dive in. Chapter 12, Getting Beyond the Starting Gate, written by Phil Smith. Southern Hills Country Club is one of the truly great golf courses in the United States. Its elevated first tee overlooks a dogleg fairway and the skyline of downtown Tulsa. On a typical round, if one of the two traps on the right doesn't grab my ball, it's probably because I hit into the oak trees on the left. As I played a recent round with Tom Lidier, and as he stroked a 285-yard drive down the center of the fairway, he asked me, Would you write one chapter for people like the ones in my church? We'd been talking about the contents of this book, and Tom wanted to be able to recommend it to his parishioners in New Jersey. As we drove our cart down the hillside, he said, You see, the people in my church are good-hearted, sincere Christians who want to show the love of Christ, but they are all pretty busy with their jobs and families. Could you write a chapter that just describes step-by-step how we might get involved in microfinance? Although that request sounded simple enough, I already knew some of the traps. I told some of my other friends, writing my first book was much simpler because religion was not involved. When you write to Christians, it's much more difficult to wade through theology, emotions, and beliefs. However, I believe Jesus would not have commanded us to share the gospel in both word and deed unless there were practical ways to do it. So this chapter is for the folks in Tom's church and anyone else who wants to make a difference using microfinance but isn't sure how to get started. Constraints The first step in choosing the best way to become involved with microfinance is to understand your own constraints, desires, and opportunities. Through experience, I know that after learning about microfinance, many people in churches become enamored enough to want to start their own MFIs. As you consider that possibility, ask yourself several questions. What human resources can I commit? Operating a microfinance institution is as complicated as running a bank in the United States. That makes it beyond the scope of most churches or individuals. The complexity requires administrative know-how and an understanding of complex regulatory environments. Unless you have a substantial amount of human resources at your disposal, you are not likely to be able to start an MFI of any size. What financial resources can I commit? I often have people write for advice whose dreams and desires far outdistance their financial resources. Although these are not exact costs, the following may give you an idea of the high cost of providing microfinance. Providing one loan might cost $50 to $1,000. Funding a community bank with an existing MFI might cost $5,000 to $25,000. Funding for an existing MFI to move into a new country might cost $300,000 to $1 million. Funding to start a new MFI might be $500,000 to $5 million. What other resources can I commit? God has provided us many resources and talents to use. 
For instance, you may not have any available financial resources, but you might be able to communicate with an MFI on a regular basis. Using this information, you might convince your small group to join you in regular prayer for the efforts of the MFI. Much more will be said about this in a later chapter. What conflicts of interest might arise if my church launches its own MFI? Whenever I think about a church starting an MFI, I am reminded of something a microfinance professional once told me. Christians do not always make good borrowers. They believe in grace, not works. If they don't pay back their loans, they expect complete forgiveness. As you start thinking about pastors handling large amounts of cash or trying to collect loans from church members, it's easy to see the potential conflicts. Will running an MFI be a bigger distraction than it's worth? Again, an MFI is a complex operation. Other than very small projects, microfinance demands full-time, experienced professionals. Unless microfinance is the primary function of your organization, it may very possibly be a distraction, and a failed microfinance endeavor could even endanger the quality of your witness. Now that we have asked the questions to set the foundation, let's consider the basics of getting involved with microfinance using MFIs. Step by step. Fortunately, there are many ways for Christians and churches to become involved with MFIs. Keeping the former questions in mind, here are some of the most likely possibilities. Advocate. To say I bombard my wife and friends with talk of microfinance is an understatement. Maybe that's why I don't get invited to many parties. I love to talk about the benefits of microfinance and how it so cost-effectively helps people in poverty and can be used to share the gospel. Over the past year, I met many other passionate advocates of microfinance. These people serve as informal educators and are the reason why many faith-based organizations, civic organizations, nonprofits, and individuals have gotten involved with this life-changing concept. By telling people in your networks about microfinance, you might help others involve their time, energy, money, and prayer in this worthy endeavor. Make a donation. A donation of virtually any size can help an existing MFI, especially if there are no strings attached. Although you might be able to earmark your donation for a particular country or project, it is unlikely that you can expect much input into the use of your donation unless it is quite large. One way donors who want to invest a modest amount can get involved is through Kiva at kiva.org. This organization allows people to make small loans to individuals in other countries through existing MFIs. The amounts needed are relatively small. Investments start at $25, so it can be a good way for children or youth groups to contribute. For less than we typically spend on eating out, we can make a practical difference in the life of a brother or sister in poverty. Although Kiva is not a Christian organization, it does partner with Christ-centered field partners like Hope International and is a way for people to become acquainted with the concept of microfinance. Fund a community bank. Many MFIs would be pleased to have you or your church fund a community bank loan portfolio. All Souls Unitarian Church of Tulsa, Oklahoma has funded 32 of Finca International's community banks located in Nicaragua, Guatemala, Mexico, Haiti, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and Kyrgyzstan. The members of All Souls have raised money through bake sales, dinners, youth group service projects, and holiday sales. All Souls not only asks its members to support these banks, but endeavors to enlist the support of the wider community in Tulsa. Involve your business. 
Flyjoy makes delicious snack bars, and they built a business model that directly incorporates generosity, giving 10% of all profits to Hope International's work. The company also puts information about Hope on each snack bar wrapper. An entrepreneur himself, founder Curtis Baumgars resonates with the nonprofit's mission. Hope provides the support and freedom each client needs in order to not only grow their business, but to also grow as individuals. Lend to an MFI. For those interested in investing larger amounts of money, typically $100,000 or more, lending money to MFIs at low interest rates may be an option. These funds are put to work helping people in poverty, while at the same time making a small profit for the lenders. Loans can be made either directly to institutions or through funds which diversify among many MFIs. As a lender, remember that it's as harmful for MFIs to take on too much debt as it is for its clients. Take time to research the MFI to ensure it is not getting in over its head. Actively support an existing organization. When Mars Hill Bible Church in Granville, Michigan considered international engagement, they partnered with Tarame Community Finance, a microfinance institution in Burundi. This partnership was regularly featured in Mars Hill's materials, website, and sermons. Willowdale Chapel in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania took a similar approach when partnering with Hope in the Democratic Republic of Congo and Burundi. In these examples, both the implementing organizations and the churches in the United States have learned valuable lessons about what makes a successful partnership. Don Golden, former executive pastor at Mars Hill, described the changing face of partnership this way. The history of dominance among parachurch agencies calls for a special willingness to relinquish control and to foster a shared mission agenda. Gone are the days of passive partnerships. Instead, both implementers and churches are ready for a live relationship marked by the following. Limited focus to one geographic area. Both Mars Hill and Willowdale Chapel recognize that by focusing their efforts on a few particular areas, it would be possible to increase the ownership their church body feels. You might like having more dots on your map of places that you're serving, but focusing on fewer areas allows you to actually know the people you're partnering with. Long-term relationships matter. Arguably, three trips to the same place to develop friendships make a more significant impact than three trips to different places. Information flow. It is far better to over-communicate in these partnerships while respecting the time constraints and technology challenges field offices face. Without regular contact with church members, partnerships grow cold. Regularly scheduled bulletin inserts, pictures on slides, videos, and updates directly from the field are each critical. During a church service at Willowdale, the pastor made a telephone call to the managing director in the Democratic Republic of Congo so his congregation could hear an update. Visits. Despite advances in communication technology, there is still no substitute for face-to-face -face interaction. Annual trips by a few key members of a congregation help keep foreign partnerships immediate. Additionally, church members with specific skills can bring insight and training to in-country staff. Jim Krimmel is a professor at Messiah College, a certified public accountant, and a certified fraud examiner. Krimmel traveled to the Philippines, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and Ukraine with Hope International to lead fraud prevention training and conduct assessments on the internal controls for loan disbursements and repayments. Engagement by church members. Qualified and interested church members, interns, and staff members are key in developing relationships with an MFI. 
there are certainly ways to connect individuals who are gifted in finance, marketing, and writing to the organization's short and long-term needs, as will be discussed later. Choosing a microfinance organization. To finish our step-by-step instruction in how to become involved in microfinance, here are some suggestions about choosing a particular MFI as a partner. There are thousands of microfinance organizations, so the following represents a synthesis of what I typically recommend. The process starts with finding out which constraints mentioned in the first part of this chapter are most important to you. Depending on the answers, other questions will follow. Does the project need to be done in a specific community or country? Is a particular type of project required in addition to microfinance, such as clean water or AIDS education? Must the project be overtly Christ-centered? If somebody wants to invest in microfinance or if the project must be done in a specific community or country, I recommend using MixMarket. Search MixMarket profiles to view important statistics for over 2,000 MFIs. Visit MixMarket.org. By reviewing the websites of the various organizations, you can usually narrow your choices down to a few organizations. In the event you want to deal with a multinational MFI network, some of the ones you might consider are Axion International, Thinka International, ProMujer, and Hope International. There are other multinational aid organizations which also engage in microfinance, including World Concern, World Relief, and World Vision. The number of microfinance organizations consistently and clearly sharing the gospel is small. Of these, many are MFIs that work in only one country and can best be found through mixed market as described above. If you want to support an MFI that overtly proclaims the gospel, take the time to review their annual reports, websites, and other materials, and then talk to several people who work there. Don't be afraid to ask detailed questions about how they are practically sharing the gospel to make sure they are truly doing so in a way you desire. Microfinance and Relationships Microfinance is about more than providing financial services. The most powerful aspect of microfinance as it relates to the Great Commission may be its ability to form lasting, deep relationships, typically between the borrower and the MFI's loan officer. These relationships are valuable opportunities for evangelism and life-changing discipleship. Jishan, named Change for Security, owns a cosmetic business in East Asia and used small loans to help it grow after her husband left her and their young daughter. As she took out loans, she began to develop a relationship with her loan officer, who provided support as she healed from her divorce. Through this relationship, Jishan eventually came to know an eternal hope and is now an active member in her local fellowship, even hosting a weekly study group in her home. The business environment is where people spend much of their waking time, developing friendships, and gain the respect of their peers. It would have been difficult to initially invite Jishan to church, but it was easy for her loan officer to develop a business relationship that modeled and shared Christ's love. Participating in a microfinance venture can sometimes be daunting, but the rewards are significant. However, it's important to be aware of a number of pitfalls awaiting Christ-centered microfinance efforts, which we'll discuss in the next chapter. Thanks for joining us on the Created to Flourish podcast. This podcast is a production of Hope International, a global nonprofit that responds to the call to serve those living in poverty by providing discipleship, biblically-based training, a safe place to save, and small business loans. If you're interested in learning more about Hope International, we invite you to check out Hope's website, 
www.hopeinternational.org flourish.